To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers I don't hear nothing about the Rams being the Rams being better than the Saints after that. I'm sorry, week two, we gonna prove it. No, I, I, all right, all right. Wait, which week? When? Week two. Week two. Week two? Yeah, mm-hmm. man, he gonna talk trash off that bogus call. But you know what? I'm not even gonna let you get my mood down. It's recording day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Opinionated Bitch Warmers Podcast, episode forty-four, isn't it? You always looking at me, then I'd be wanting to you the one with the best memory out of all of us. Yeah, I think it's 44. Why? <laughs> we about to sit here and pause. So, um, we're happy to be here. This is episode 45, bro. 45. All right, episode 45. We're happy to have the team back together, man. It's, it feel like it's been forever. You know, we missed a week last week, and then we took, well, we took a week off, and then we had AD. Shout out to AD for... Holding it down for you fellas. He, I don't know if y'all got a chance to listen to the episode, oh, yeah. but it, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good episode. So shout out to AD for doing that, for coming through and holding it down for y'all. So how y'all feeling, man? Feeling good, man. San Antonio, your boy Los, CB Los. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Mr. Carlos Royal, you can find me on Twitter, man. I miss y'all, bro. It's, it's been a couple weeks since we got into it. We got a couple topics to touch on, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. Yeah, man. I'm excited to roll, too. Like you said, it's been a couple of weeks. You know, we had AD come and fill in for us. So, once again, appreciate you, AD, for doing that. And then, uh, like you said, last week, it was just, we were all kind of over the place last week. Very busy schedules. So, uh, I'm, I'm really ready to get it rolling again, man. It's been too long since we had a chance to, to do this. So. Yeah, I agree, man. So, uh, me and Ramon took a little field trip. <laughs> This week, you kind of want to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Uh, shout out to Donna Buller and Ariel Buller for having us on the Attitude Shift Talk show. Uh, we had a, If you want to check that out, it's on our Facebook on Opinionated Benchwarmers. Just search us and actually search them too, the Attitude Shift Talk show. And we should be the last uh, interview. By the time you hear this, we'll be the last interview that they've had. Uh, and you know, just check it out, man. Check out the other decent content that they have on. They have really, really good content on there as well. So make sure that you support them because uh, they're supporting us. But you want to yeah, go? No, uh, no, definitely. Uh, it was definitely a good, a good time, good opportunity for us. Um, they had very good energy when we were there. Like it was yeah, high great energy. energy they were uh, really excited about it. We were excited about it. Um, we got into a little bit of, of uh, I guess, a little trash talking during the time too because she talked about her teams. 
you know, she's an NFL fan and she roots for the Patriots and so forth and so on. And so uh, it was just a good time, you know, a time where we too could, could bring what we typically do, uh, which is bring our opinion, bring what we do, uh, bring that authentic authenticity um, and bring our sports knowledge. So it was definitely a, a good time, you know, definitely really enjoyed it. Yeah, me and uh, me and mom held it down again. Los couldn't be there because he had, you know, work stuff, but we had a good time. We held it down for him as well. We're a team, so whenever we represent OB, so whenever we're there, he's there too. Right. Um, also, some great news, man. We appreciate all the support and the downloads and the listens. Uh, we've actually been picked up by a couple more platforms. Man, how y'all, how y'all fellas, man, just Los, how you feel about that, man? Like, talk to me, man. I feel great, man. I feel like since we're a little over a year doing this, you know, and what people don't realize is, you know, each and every day we getting, you know, people reaching out to us, wanting to collab with us and grow with us. And, you know, we're being, you know, businessmen and we're being smart about, you know, how we move and, you know, calculate, you know, you know, not only benefiting others, but benefiting ourselves. So that's been interesting and that's been fun, you know, um, going through this process process and collaborating with people and you know looking at these sites you know they're starting to pick us up you know it just shows our growth in only a year so just imagine what our growth would be in like five years so yeah and it's just showing too you know that the hard work is paying off the thing about it like we put in you know serious work to do what we're doing we're serious about our craft this isn't something that we just do for the heck of it or something that's just you know a little side thing for us it's something that we're very serious about we put time energy and effort into it and so when you can see that that is paying off, that time, that energy, that effort, the time that we're meeting outside of this, the time that we're prepping before the podcast, producing other stuff to go with the podcast and to see it, you know, paying off, feels good, man. I, I wouldn't, you know, want to have this or celebrate this with anybody else other than nah, my two bros. You nah, know, nah don't get so sentimental. I don't want to turn it sentimental, <laughs> but I'm just saying, man. Nah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, just like you said, I wouldn't think of a better group of guys to do this with. Uh but if the listeners don't know, uh, if you saw it on our uh, Instagram, O underscore Benchworms, make sure you give us a follow. But, you know, we've been picked up by iHeartRadio, uh, Himalaya, and Listen Notes. So those are three platforms that, outside of the normal ones that we always promote, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, we're on iHeartRadio, Himalaya, and Listen Notes. So, you know, it's just a, an attest of the hard work, the consistency. And you guys for listening to us. So we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. We we still growing. We only getting started. We got lots and lots of stuff coming. So a lot of different things coming. So we got the mailbox coming like we discussed to give you opportunity to, you know, shed some of your thoughts on, on what y'all want us to talk about or what y'all want to hear us talk about and topics like that. All of that is coming really, really soon with, the, with football season and everything. So just keep rocking with us. We appreciate the love and support. And when uh, episodes drop, we appreciate the people that are actually reposting the episodes on Instagram and everything else. So we appreciate the love that we've been shown. So now that that's all of that's out the way, let's get into some sad news, I guess. You know, RIP to Cedric Benson, who who uh, he had a little stint. I think he was drafted by the Bears, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, then he had some stints with the Bengals. So rest in peace to him. It's very sad. Prayers out and shot. Prayers out and. Uh, consoling to his family um yeah man he was I, I think the way that i remember him the most man was his dynamic times that he had at the university of texas um you know really big college football guy and so i remember those years uh where i mean he was higher profile running back mm-hmm. um at the university of texas um had a solid pro career 
Um, and like you said, just to see this situation, I mean, it's very unfortunate um, to see this happen. So um, definitely is a you know interesting time. You know? Yeah, especially at a young age like that, at thirty five, you got you got some some thoughts on that, Los? No, I just he was probably one of the uh, greatest uh, you know players to ever play you know um, Texas football. You know, with the numbers he put up, you know, through high school, through college, and then you know he put in good, put up good numbers in the NFL. You know, it's just unfortunate that you know another young guy that's gone too soon. You know, um, motorcycle accident. So. You know, it's sad, sad to see that, but you know, I think you know we lost a good one, a good one, a a really good football player. Yeah, man. Thoughts and prayers with his family. Like I said, you know, we we hate to see uh, the great ones gone too soon. Uh, it's bigger than sports, as we know, you know. So, you know, just praying for his family and hopefully, hopefully, you know, everything you know turns out pretty good. Uh, so, um, so let's get into some good, good, good news, man. Um. I mean, it's not too much good news. I mean, I guess I could go into. Uh, I guess we could go start off with preseason. Uh, I guess it's just a couple of things that you guys have been noticing, maybe some surprises or uh, so far. I know it's only week two, and as we're recording, you know, it's, it's you know some more games to be played. But you know, anything has stood out to you guys so far? Uh, for me, uh, just a couple couple things that stood out to me is um, you know maybe Kyler Murray. You know, um, he started off hot week one. You know, he had a good start, you know, and everyone's kind of raving about him. And then he kind of came back down to earth uh, week two, you know, in that air raid offense. So it's interesting to see how teams are going to attack that air raid offense. You know, if the Cardinals are dialing back and not showing fully what they have or really they are trying to show what they have. I think Kyler Murray played almost a full first half. Um, and he didn't show out pretty well at all. You know, he was missing open guys. He was constantly under pressure. He had a safety um, on the play, uh, one of the plays. So it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how the air raid offense goes with him and uh, uh, Clingsbury. Well, there's no air raid if you don't have an offensive line. That offensive line is it, terrible. It was, it was terrible last year. Man. And, and it's going to be interesting to see as a rookie because – as a rookie, it's already enough a big enough learning curve for you as a quarterback to learn that system. But if you're having to constantly look over your shoulder and not able to feel comfortable in that pocket, man, it's gonna be a long year for for Kyler Murray. And I think the other thing to go on top of that, man, I think that uh, we got to see how Cliff Kingsbury really proves himself. Exactly, because this is the thing to me: Cliff Kingsbury is in the NFL right now because of Patrick Mahomes. That is the sole reason why he's coaching in right. in my opinion. Patrick Mahomes and I guess you can say the Sean McVay effect. Sean McVay effect. Right. Exactly. But the thing about it, to me, Cliff Kingsbury wasn't overly successful at Texas Tech. He had to end up getting out of there. He was just going into the USC job. Didn't even coach a game. Didn't even prep for offseason or nothing like that. Just going into there to be an offensive coordinator. And then he gets a chance to be a head coach. So I'm just trying to see what he's really proven other than him being Patrick Mahomes' offensive, I mean, head coach when Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech. You know, so yeah. I think there's still a lot to be proven there. I think that you're absolutely right. It's Sean McVay effect, and, you know, of course it's the Patrick Mahomes. You know, the NFL is a copycat league, so whenever a team, a franchise is seeing something else work for another franchise, then they want to grav- gravitate to it. Like, the Rams found a great young guy in yeah. Sean McVay, but Sean McVay is talented and is an offensive genius. 
you know, so to get Coach Cliff Kingsbury, you know, it's just, it's just, he did he, I don't necessarily believe that he actually deserved the job, but I mean, hey, we'll see, you know, the Cardinals had to do something to get something buzzing there. You know, they have an agent receiver and uh, Larry Fitzgerald who's uh, on his way out, you know. But, I mean, it's going to be a long season, man. And then, you know, when I watched that uh, Raiders-Cardinals game, man, is the Raiders' defense really that good or is is the Cardinals that bad? Because the Cardinals made the Raiders' defense look like they were just on top of everything. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's still that offense still trying to figure things out. Um, and I think, you know, I think I think what we're going to see is a team in the Raiders that's going to be better this year. You know, they're adding talent. They have young talent. They have three first-round picks. And, you know, um, you, you know, for those that watch Hard Knocks, you see their safety. I can't think of his name right now. Um, out of, out of uh, West Virginia? No, out of Texas. Uh, Texas, one of the Texas school uh, Abram, I want to say Abram is his name, um, but he he is legit. You know, as you can see, they had to dial him back. I was watching one of the episodes of Hard Knocks because he was hitting his own teammates and players, and they had a scene where um, John Gruden had to pull him to the side and say, "Hey, man, stop hitting our own guys. I don't want to see my own guys hurt." You know, and they, he he's just that type of player, and that's the reason they brought him there. So he looks like he's going to be a special player, and, and they had a scene where he was wearing the number twenty four. Which, you know, in Oakland, Charles Woodson, it was a number that he wore there. And so, you know, he's just going to carry that legacy as the number, wearing number 24 for Oakland. So I think he's going to be a special player. I like him a lot. I think he uh, he's one of those missile-seeking uh, safeties where, you know, he don't mind sticking his nose in there. Um, so I like those type of players. So also um, just some thoughts on some some other players that I just caught my eye during the preseason is uh, Preston Williams for – Miami, um, yeah. he is one of those late round sleepers. You know, a lot of people are. He's starting to get a little hype, but he's looking like the best receiver um, for Miami, the Miami Dolphins. You know, a big body, six four guy, um, and he's been really doing well with Josh Rosen. So, uh, yeah. some a surprise to me, I guess. Uh, what I've been looking at is, uh, I guess, team wise, will probably be the Raiders. Um, just looking at how they've been, how they performed in that last week. I mean, I don't care who you're playing in the NFL. It's hard to win games and to look impressive. And, you know, they were nothing short of impressive. Uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, he's proven to be worth uh, the value that the Raiders picked him at. I think that he's going to be a good sleeper, too, for, for, for those who are wide receiver heavy, a wide receiver-driven fantasy football team. And they're looking for a running back uh, in the later rounds. I don't think you're going to get him super late because uh, the hype is up on him. But I think you could get him in that fifth or sixth round. But, you know, he's been the one that's that's been kind of impressive to me. Yeah, I think um, just to go along this lines that we talking about guys who've been impressive, talked about this guy a few weeks ago. But James, uh, actually, um, my boy James Washington out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's been looking uh, good. He's been very impressive. And I think he's going to really step up this year. Uh, you're seeing Juju move into that role kind of where A.B. was, essentially, mm-hmm. where Juju's going to get force-fed. And I think that you're going to see Washington have a lot of opportunities, one-on-one matchups, that I think he's honestly going to exploit. And we talked about how Pittsburgh so, develops those guys. So, uh, so. Dante, Dante Moncrief is over there, too. And on the I've been looking, uh, just kind of, you know, skimming over people's camps and looking at what type of camp players are having. And one of the things they're saying is that Dante Moncrief is really the clear wide receiver, too. And it's his job to lose so far. So, uh, do y'all think that Dante Moncrief is, is going to be fantasy relevant? Or do you think that 
James Washington, it's going to be too much of a split there to for them to have any type of fantasy value in one or the other. So I think that's you make a good point. Um, I was also looking at those numbers. And if you look at the first string snaps uh, from the game that they played this week, um, you would see uh, where technically last week, um, I believe they played yesterday, Saturday. Um, but if you look at the snaps, you know, Dante Moncrief was the second leading uh, one in snaps with the first string along, along with Juju Smith-Schuster. So it, if you look at those numbers, you see that Dante Moncrief is a clear number two. Um, and, you know, just a little tidbit for fantasy owners going forward is, you know, you want to look for those guys, you know, statistics show that you want to look for those guys that are in a new place. A veteran receiver that has produced before um, and put up solid numbers before but is in a new place um, are those typical wide receivers that break out and have a good, you know, show up and put up good numbers. And Moncrief fits the bill on that. And I think he will be, you know, fantasy relevant. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a – uh, big, he's going to be a flex, you know, here and there player you join, add into your lineup. Yeah, well, low, yeah. low. I mean, uh, high. I mean, low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three value there. Yeah, my only, I guess, my only pause on Dante Moncrief, and I guess this can be for a lot of guys out there. It's just Corey Sandman, Indy, and he always displayed a lot of potential out there, but injury issues. That's that's my only thing that makes me a little bit hesitant on Dante Moncrief. Okay. Um, just from seeing him from the perspective of being on the coast. Like, he's a guy that does display that talent, and he has a little inconsistency. He'll show you flashes where about three or four weeks he'll look like mm-hmm. he could be a legit wide receiver, too, or mm-hmm. even potentially sometimes put up wide receiver num- one numbers, and then he'll go kind of miss him for several weeks okay. as well. So it's just it'll be kind of interesting to see that, uh, how it plays out. So kind of moving uh, along, I guess I'm on the same terms. I wanted to touch on A.B. I don't think we recorded since this A.B. fiasco has went down. <laughs> Uh, I guess one of our first episodes of the year, I remember clearly, yeah. uh, was talking about Antonio Brown and the drama he's he's been. And I think I don't remember that episode. I probably you could pull it up, but you probably would hear me on that episode defending Antonio Brown a lot. I moved past the point of being able to defend him, guys. I, I mean, I, I used to defend him when people called him a diva, when people called him selfish, when people called him this, and just thinking back on when he, you know, with the cell phone ordeal with Coach and. You know, you know the way he left. He he pretty much walked out on his team for the last two games. You know, I can't defend him no more, man. After this helmet fiasco, you caused all this drama with the with the helmet thing, saying, "Hey, look." And it became clear to me, you know, even I started to defend him, but then I was like, "Let me really look into this." And they said that they had thirty different optional helmets that he could use, and he declined all thirty of them. If that deems to be true, which I think that it is, because why would they lie? I mean, what is going on with Antonio Brown, man? Like, I mean, he's a great talent, but he, it's almost like he's not worth the headache. It's almost like the Steelers are looking like the smartest franchise in the league for allowing him to walk. So, I mean, he's going to be like any of these other receivers that left the game. You know, once his, out, and once his talent, you know, um, once his, his attitude and his problem outweighs his talent, you know, that's going to the team is not going to sign him. So we've seen that, like, receivers like Chad Ochocinco, Terrell Owens, guys that could, you know, play maybe another three or four years in this league, but because they had such, um, you know, negative mm-hmm. and so much other things that came with them, so much baggage that came mm-hmm. with them, their careers were cut short like because Terrell of Owens. that reason. Yeah, he said he said so, D.O. And, uh, and Chad Ochocinco. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so those guys, that you know, you see that type of stuff happen. So, again, once his, if he doesn't learn how to, um, you know, dial it back and, you know, humble himself a little bit, which I don't see it happening with him, um, then he's he's going to be one of those guys that when that talent starts to, you see him start to fade, that he's going to, you're going to see him and probably think, man, he can probably play another two or three years, but a team is not going to want to have to deal with all the extra stuff that comes with him. You know, all his grand entrances to training camp and all this diva stuff and wanting stuff his way. You know, teams are not going to deal with that. They rather much deal with, you know, a younger player, cheaper player with less problems. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to add to that. I think y'all pretty much covered it. At this point, we know that A.B. is a diva, probably the biggest diva that's out there in the league at this point. And like you were saying, I think you're going to see a situation where it's kind of an abrupt end to his career, uh, where once he's not putting up those, you know, being basically at the highest level of being a top two or three wide receiver in the league, um, you're going to see a point where teams just aren't going to want to deal with that at all, and he'll find his way out of the league. But... This situation, like, it was just so much drama over a helmet, you know, and I know that that can be... What about his frostbitten feet? We hadn't even talked about that. You know, you being irresponsible, you you getting this treatment. First of all, you got to go all the way to London to get this type of treatment, yeah. and they have plenty of treatments like that here. Not only do you do that, but you you don't have a cause, you're not causing it, causing the scent enough to wear the proper footwear to, you know, to even get that type of treatment, like... I mean, what are you doing? Like, it's yeah. just been like a complete it's, fiasco all off season. I mean, I think I saw a statistic. I don't know if it's true. Maybe I read it wrong. But he, they say he only showed up to one. He only participated yeah. in one uh, off season practice this year. I mean, this summer. So it's kind. I mean, this camp. So yeah. I mean, it's just it's like one thing after the next. Come on, and man. Honestly, like you were saying, like Los was saying, it's not going to be worth it at a certain point. Now I think that right now, because John Gruden knows that he's invested. You know, a lot into this. It's not like they traded so much for AB, but I'm just saying that the undertaking of going and getting AB and having him as one of the cornerstones of your franchise, that's a big investment whether you send a lot of draft picks or not. And so I think that John Gruden really wants this to work out. So he's saying all the right things right now. But if this stuff persists and it starts having an impact as you go through the season, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out because we know John Gruden also has a strong personality as well. Yeah, when they first made the trade, I was like, you know, I don't see how this is going to work. You get rid of Maury Cooper, who's not really that big of a superstar type guy to me, you know, as far as a loud mouth. Then you got, you know, Khalil Mack, who's a transitional talent. You know, so, I mean, he's going to talk a little bit, but he's not nowhere near bad as A.B. And then you go trade A.B. knowing his track record. So, it's kind of weird to me because tra- tra- John Gruden is a, a traditional head coach. He's not going to pull up with all that foolishness. Yeah, things got tested with him um, between him and Keyshawn Johnson before. You remember his time in Tampa Bay yeah. over there. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I find that interesting. I just thought that it, it was kind of relevant. So, uh, for the listeners, man, we've been car- carrying on a fantasy-type outlier, I guess. You know, tone throughout these prepping for the drafts. Our fantasy draft, Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast Lee draft is actually a week from today, which I'm very, very excited about. But with the draft approaching, do y'all have any draft techniques for for players? I don't think we talked about that. I think we did the list of everything we did. The t- well, me and AD covered the tight ends. Yeah. We we all did running backs right. and receivers. I'm not really too concerned about quarterback, so I'm not. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave it off. But you know, just draft real draft techniques. Of advising players out there to help them win the league. Um, so um, 
the obvious one, which, you know, everyone always kind of do is, you know, wait on your quarterback. You know, that's the obvious. I think everyone kind of knows that one now. Um, but thing is, depending on what type of league you're in, um, some things I've been kind of experimenting with, um, and, you know, you guys kind of feel free to use this. But um, absolutely waiting on um, a kicker in a defense. Like, if your format allows you to not draft a kicker or a defense, stuff that you can probably, you know, switch out and, you know, uh, go in and out and, you know, uh, pretty much swap out week after week. If you don't have to draft one of those, use those positions in your league to draft a player with high upside, maybe with a situation that is not necessarily um, decided yet, but may be decided by week one or or may look better uh, come closer to week one. And then you can decide to drop, you know, do whatever you need to do with your roster, but hold on to as many skilled players as you can. And then maybe you can, you know, find a diamond in the rough and go forward with your draft. So it just kind of depends on your format. Um, I know um, when I was doing my drafts on NFL.com, they were allowing me not to necessarily select a kicker. Um, I didn't need to select a kicker to um, complete my roster. So I was interested to see if, you know, the live draft will allow me to do that where I don't have to select the kicker and maybe use that position for a skill player later in the draft. Yeah. Um, I think to, to tag on to that, I think in the early rounds, not overthinking. Um, early rounds, I really, especially the first couple of rounds, I'm looking at best player available. Um, that's obvious in the first round, but even if you go into the second round and it's like, oh, well, I took a running back, mm-hmm. you know, in this first round, okay, I got to take a wide receiver now and balance things out. Um, I'm still a best available player type of guy. So if I see a, a big time talent that then fell to me in that second round, I'm taking that instead of overthinking it and saying, you know what, let me balance out my roster already. You can worry about that in, in construction later on in the draft, but at the top end, you want to get that top end talent. So just really don't overthink it that, early in the draft. That's my rule of thumb all time, all the time, man. I don't care how late it is. I don't care how my roster looking. I don't care if I have like five receivers on my roster and uh, it's, the, it's the next round and, you know, for some odd reason, Julian Edelman, which is not in our league, that you kept him. But I'm just saying, if he's blaring there, I'm going to take Julian Edelman. I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't need him because uh, I got our receiver. You don't understand. Like, if, you, if you're if able to group these assets and you have, if you're strong in a position, most likely you can end up trading that asset to get what you need. But I'm not passing up on, on – I'm not looking at it. I'm not concerned with filling out my roster. And my rule of thumb, too, when I'm drafting, I don't think that the draft really starts until about the around the 6th or 7th round. Yeah. That's when your that's when your research starts to kick in. That's when, you know, your knowledge starts to kick in. And that's when the, your, your thinking has to come, come into play. But if I was to give somebody a draft technique uh, advice, it, it would be pretty – y'all going to say it's pretty general. But to me, I think it's one of the most important things that you can do when you're drafting, and that's knowing the scope of the league. And that includes the the roster of the team. You knowing wh- where this player fits in and what their role is on that team and what their value is to that team. And knowing, you know, the, if they're injured or not, you know, all that goes into knowing the scope of the league. That's, that's, that's research that has to be done. If you don't know what Dante Moncrief is on a team by now, uh, what he means to Pittsburgh by now, you're you're and your draft is like next week. You're already behind. You got to know each all thirty team, thirty two teams. You have to know what 
each player is to each team. Because if not, you'll be drafting you you'll be drafting a, a high a high octane name in the early rounds, only to find out that they the third option on their team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you really have to know what you're doing, and you know you can't be caught up in name value. So that's my advice. And like you were saying too, even with the scope of the league, and you mentioned this a week or two ago, a couple weeks, I can't remember. Um, but looking at what those dynamic offenses are out there yeah. um, and trying to make sure that you get a, a piece of that pie, essentially, you know, making sure you get somebody that's in, you know, one of those offenses that's going to be giving you true good touchdown, um, you know, percentage, all those kind of things like that. So uh, that comes with knowing the scope of the league as well. Mm-hmm. Y'all got anything else, man? My draft this Sunday, I don't really feel like giving them more fantasy advice, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Um, we can maybe next week, you know, for the listeners, kind of review our draft and go in and think out our strategies and what we went through uh, with our draft maybe, uh, you know, next week or the podcast after that because I think we're probably going to record before we draft um, next Sunday. So it'll be interesting to kind of break down our strategies and how we um, how it all played out. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That's, real, that's something cool we could do next week once the draft over here. Go through what we did and why we did it. All uh, winners and losers of our drafts. Um, so, I guess just to carry uh, carry along, I guess you know on that on the NFL uh, on the NFL tip, I guess you know something that's been really, 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 I guess controversial right now, and everybody's been talking about it is the is the Jay Z situation. We're not quite sure. Of what the I'm gonna let the the clip go and I'm gonna tell my thoughts first, but um, you know just basically if you hadn't heard Jay Z and Rock Nation, a company that he owns, have actually collaborated, joined in collaboration with the NFL. We're not really fully in detail about what the deal entails, but we know that he'll be involved in the Super Bowl performance, and they supposed to work together to kind of cure social injustices so we don't know really the details of the deal but that's it but one one thing that we're able to do keep in mind that this is just a small clip uh prefaced by saying that also prefaced by saying that the full video of the conversation that was had at that press conference it's, it's not out so uh we're gonna take a listen to the clip guys right quick and then um we're gonna we're gonna uh, you know tell our thoughts about it yeah, so, I mean, on the clip, it was basically being asked um, if Jay-Z, will he kneel a stand now? So I just want to say that for those that are confused out there what the clip means. Yeah, so we're going to play the clip and then we'll give our thoughts on it. I think we passed kneeling. I think everyone knows what the issue is. <laughs> and we're done with that. You know why we were kneeling? Okay, do you know the issue? Yeah, do you know the issue? Yes? We all know the issue now. What are we moving on next? And I'm not, again, so to be clear, for the room, I'm not minimizing that part of it because that has to happen. That's a necessary part of the process because the kneeling was not about a job. It was about injustice. Let me bring attention to injustice. Everyone's saying, how are you going forward and Cap doesn't have a job? This wasn't about him having a job. You know what it is. Now, how do we address that injustice? And to go to Jay's Yeah, so you heard it there, man. I mean, I mean, I know what I think. I mean, I guess I'll let y'all go around and I'll just save my thoughts for last. But I do want to add one more thing to it as well is just to help to understand. The reason why, you know, the kind of like the black community has been up and raw about this situation is just kind of because of how Jay 
up until this point has been moving for the past couple of years. He's done a lot for the community. You know, uh, he's he's uh, opened up. You know, he's he he's done prison reform with Meek Mill. He was able to. You know, he's he's a part of that movement and trying to you know work on prison and system reform. He made the the Khalif Broder doc, which was an excellent doc, and he also made the. Uh, uh, with the the black hoodie and uh, yeah, Trayvon. He did the Trayvon Martin doc, so he's done a lot for the community as well. And then what's also kind of got people raising their eyebrows that last year when Travis Scott uh agreed to do a performance in the Super Bowl, he he called out Travis and was like he shouldn't do it because you know because of how they have treated Cap and you know Cap has essentially been blackballed. So. You know, kind of like people are confused in how he's shifting from uh, calling out the NFL and supporting Cap, and now he's kind of, in in layman terms, jumping in bed with the enemy, I guess. But, I mean, you heard, y'all heard the clip, so, I mean, go ahead, man. What are y'all thoughts on that? And I want to say this, too. I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Like, he's like my favorite rapper. I hate to see this happen, you know, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, so I'll say this. I, I think... It's interesting. I think it, there's two sides to this and how I feel about it. Um, and, and the side of it is, the first, my first side and the first way I feel about it is, one, um, it, 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 a part of me doesn't like it because Jay-Z came out and he had a song pretty much saying things like, uh, you know, NFL asked me to perform at the halftime shows. I don't need you, you need me type of thing. And now he's pretty much, you know, you know jumping on board with them. Um, and so that part I don't get. But when he broke it down and he explained it, you know, as you listen to in that clip, I understand it. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know, we're past the kneeling. You know what I'm saying? So I get that. Like, kneeling, we know it. We brought awareness to it. Kneeling was to bring awareness to it. And we've done that. Now, what's the next step? So I get that part of it. You know, what what are we going to do now to fix the issues? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can yell at the wall all day that we have this problem, but what actions are we doing? So... Maybe this is a way for Jay-Z to get in good with the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Get in good with the NFL, become part owner, where you start seeing some black owners, things of that nature. And, you know, all it takes is one to get in that door and get in good. You know what I'm saying? And then we can start seeing maybe black, more black owners and maybe we see uh, a change in the NFL and the way that things are ran in the NFL. You know, and I think he can be that bridge to make that happen. And so I think as a businessman, it was smart for him because they needed him and I think he used the right opportunity to do it, um, to do it right now. And so, you know, every decision like this is going to be controversial. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and big decisions like this going to be controversial. And it's going to take somebody at, of his status to do this type of thing. And so, I respect it. And I think um, if he's going to do positive things and bring action to per, things like police brutality, you know, then um, you know, hats off to him. You know, we look back on this and say this is one of the greatest moves ever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it, it's to be seen. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm along on kind of the same lines as you. Um, honestly, I do feel that we are to the point, which is why I can understand what he was saying, that it's the point of action at this point. You know, it's, it's no longer about, like, we know, you know, what the message was. We know what the reason for the kneeling was. Now it's time to see true change and see true action. So, you know, if it's going to take him being that one to have quote unquote a seat at the table or it takes him being that one that can be in the room that can have a voice and speak to those things and maybe he can be someone that affect the change then I'm definitely with that what I don't 100% agree with 
with what he was saying was I do understand that that he's saying that you know what the true issue here was, but I think in a way he somewhat a little bit minimized the whole cap part mm-hmm. of it as well with saying you know it's not about cap not having a job and this kind of thing and stuff like that which cap not having that was a byproduct of what cap was standing for the collusion yeah. against cap to me was a big thing so i think that he did try to say that you know he's not trying to minimize that but i think in a sense he somewhat did by still saying okay you know we we focus on what the, the issue was it's never been a, a cap issue mm-hmm. or blah 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 okay Part of the byproduct of what CAP stood for, it became a CAP issue as well. And it became, you seeing our community begin to stand behind CAP and say that the, that the league shouldn't do this to CAP. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that that still plays a part into it, you know. Well, my thing is, I, I mean, I preface this by saying as well, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. Y'all know that. And, you know, I thought 444 was a masterpiece, you know. Uh, and, you know, just what that album uh, kind of depicted and what that album kind of you know um expressed as far as uh, as a black man in america it was a, it was a nice piece of work in in conveying that so you know when when you listen to that album and then you, you in conjunction with the things that i mentioned earlier is with the khalif doc and the trayvon martin doc and you know just you know you know you listen to his verse on uh, on meek's album you know, uh, just, you know, just talking about ownership, just talking about, you know, slavery, talking about what, how slavery has affected us. It, it, I don't think you can help but not to raise your eyebrow to him saying that he's com- collaborating with the NFL. Um, and and like like I said, you know, and I said it on, on, on the Attitude Talk Show show, I agree with Los and what y'all are saying is that it's time for action. Like once you kneeling, like what are you gonna do now? And I do think that it has become a trend to kneel. And you know, a lot of people that's kneeling aren't even doing any action uh, towards trying to you know do anything in the community or, or provoke change. You know, so the optics of what what Jay Z is doing is a little blurry right now. But I do reserve my judgment for what what is taking place. Uh, till after I see where this is going. I think Jay-Z has done a lot in the community. I think Jay-Z has done too much. I have no reason not to trust Jay-Z in this position, just in the way he's been moving in the past couple of years. So, it, it, you know, I don't like how it looks because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, just like you said, you know, Cap not having a job is a result of him standing up for what would for standing up for something so yeah. he doesn't have a job as a result of that so that is an issue so i don't i you know in what he said I, I understood what he was saying but he definitely i know that he what he was trying to say is that it's time to take action but at the same time i just wish he wouldn't have said it in that way right. you know it comes off a little little off to me but overall you know i'm not i'm reserving my judgment on jay-z until i can see what action he's going to provoke. And if we look back on it two years from now, no changes happen. And we could point to this and be like, hey, look, but I'm not really on board and bashing Jay right now before I know even what the deal is. And, and I think, too, to even go on top of that, I think that we have to watch how much we bash the situation. If we're still, in fact, I mean, let, let's just say it for what it is. A lot of people that's out there bashing or people that still watching the NFL on a Sunday yeah. by Sunday basis, people that went out there and bought Madden when Madden came out. I know that's the EA thing, but I'm just saying, went out there and bought Madden, playing Madden. You know, people that still going to these NFL games, still buying the tickets. 
So it's like, I, I didn't agree with everything he said and how he totally framed it 100%. Yeah. But who am I if I'm sitting there and honestly, what do I do each Sunday? I watch the NFL. Yeah. And when I get a chance we this, all do. this year, I'm going to go to a Saints game when they play my Colts. I'm dropping that in there or whatever. But I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be a patron of the NFL by buying those, those tickets or whatever to go along with it. So... Still, in a sense, who am I to say, okay, you should have no dealings with the NFL? When I'm still having dealings, it's just on right. a different level, obviously, because I'm not on the level to be able to have that partnership that he has. Right. I just think it's just too premature to, to, I guess, pin him to the wall like people have been doing. I'm not really a fan of it, you know, and just being a fan of Jay and just knowing who he is as a businessman, I, I just can't do it. And, you know... If you're a strong believer, there's a saying that says that, you know, sometimes change has to happen within. So what if him, you know, infiltrating himself, and I think Carlos really basically alluded to saying it a, a few minutes ago, but, you know, what if him becoming a part of the league causes the in, causes the change that needs to happen? But how are we going to know, how are we going to have change? The majority of the league is African-American. You know, I mean, even though we've been going through all of these situations and Cap has, has been going through what he's been going through, but, you know, even including Eric Reed, who's speaking out against the NFL, is employed by the NFL. So it, what I'm, my point is, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get to is that, you know, if we're going to have our people in that NFL, what good is it going to do us to not have a seat at that table, yeah. to know what's going on? And we're not going to be able to change anything until we sit at that table. So, Jay... Is sitting at the table now. And, and that that's another uh, key thing, just right quick, I was going to even ask y'all about was the whole Eric Reed part of it, because I don't know if y'all saw, but he came out and he spoke mm -hmm. against the thing and said that it's mm -hmm. despicable, but I was going to bring up the point that I'm, I'm trying to 100% get where he's coming from, because he still did last year take checks mm -hmm. from the NFL as being right. a member of the Carolina Panthers. So... In a sense, he had a relationship and a partnership with the NFL by being on a roster last year. So him coming out and saying that this is despicable, I don't see how that 100% aligns. I mean, I just wanted to kind of see what y'all well, thought about it. I mean, my thing is, is that another thing we have to realize is that Cap did take a settlement. So we don't know the details of that settlement. We don't know if that settlement caused Cap to not be able to speak on these issues with that he had with the NFL anymore or not. As far as Eric Reed, you know, I do stand, I do respect the man for standing up for what he believe in, but it just kind of, kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of conflicted when I see him taking these thoughts towards the NFL, but you choose to play, you know, and your homeboy got basically blackballed by him. So it, it's kind of weird. I know he got to, he got to eat, but he got his settlement check and the, the Panthers gave him another chance. Cap got his settlement check, and nobody's giving him a chance. So it's just kind of weird to me. But I don't think that again. I'm not. I'm in a position now. I think Eric Reed, with the stance that he's taken for the past couple years, had to say what he said. That is despicable. But again, I just encourage you know to not rush to judgment until we see what transpires with this. And you know, I don't. I have no reason to believe that Jay, you know, is not. Oh, of course, we know it's about money. But at the same time, you know, we how can we provoke change if we're not if it doesn't start with within? So you know, I'm conflicted with Eric Reed. You know, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not to the point where I'm gonna call a move despicable. You know, the, the the most negative thing I can say about the deal is is the optics of it looks bad because it looks like a money grab. You know, it doesn't look good with with 
you know, the stances you've been taking. It especially doesn't look good with you telling Travis Scott not to do the Super Bowl performance and then now you come in and, and you know, jumping in bed with the NFL. It just the optics of it is all wrong, but then again, until I know full detail, until I can get more info gather more information, I'm not ready to pin them to the wall yet. So, um, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't think, just like you said, we're going to be playing fantasy football, uh, so is the other world. It's not going to stop. So, we got to watch the, the judgment that we give on others, and, and we're essentially, you know, selling Jay to lead the NFL alone, but we still we're not doing, doing it. Yeah, so, so, but, you know, that that's that. Uh, I hope that, you know, I, I'm looking forward to see the change that maybe Jay-Z can, can make. Um, I'm just hoping that he can in both change because things have to change. And, you know, hopefully, man, Cap may be able to find his way in the league now. We never know. We don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, I think we uh, just about covered that yeah, one. Yeah, uh, just, yeah, just hit us with the pause. But, you know, just transitioning into some other controversial stuff, man. We got Rich Paul here, man. And uh, I was just about I – I couldn't wait to record. And I wanted to record last week. Uh, but of course we couldn't. But when it, when the news came out that they made a rule, which 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 began to be called the Rich Paul rule, and just basically saying that all all agents have to have a college degree to represent college athletes, I was infuriated with it because it's just a simple fact of you don't need a college degree to be successful in life. And you know I you know I've seen plenty of people without college degrees that are millionaires. You know, and and I've seen uh, people with college degrees to have it, but. To limit it, to limit it, and then plus the inspiration that Rich Paul stood for, it just kind of infuriated me. But the report came out like the next week that they rescinded it. They amended the, the they amended that rule, and that now the rule essentially is, you know, it go, it pretty much went back to normal. But you know, just y'all y'all thoughts on how you know the NCAA continues to to try to kind of blackball people and try to you know try to kind of maneuver them way it's funny they try to maneuver their way through rules and, and rules that we don't understand and you know but it didn't work yeah i mean i think this was a thing with the ncaa showing their fear you know i think once they seen how powerful these players are becoming and you know how the nba and you know um you know the ncaa they're now controlling their own futures you know you see this power movement with players controlling their own futures you know we can give credit to lebron with that you know and rich paul which you know we they, we know they work closely um and so i think this was a situation where they try to move the finish line you know what i'm saying they try to you know they've seen that you know people like rich paul and uh you know people that has been successful and um they they wanted to create a way to move the finish line so you know they won't have so many, so much power, but I think they received so much, so much backlash for it that they had no choice but to change it and move it back to what it was. You know, so I'm glad that they they decided to do that. Um, it just sh- it shouldn't have took the backlash for them to to do that though. Mm. Yeah, like you said, that's the biggest thing. It shouldn't have taken the backlash for that to happen. And you know, this was something that I really spoke on when we were on the Attitude Shift talk show. Um, in their rant, you know, rave time mm-hmm. portion or whatever. Uh, but it's just one of those things that from jump, as soon as you saw it, I mean, you kind of knew who it was really skewed to. Yeah. Like, we, we're all privy to the point that 
you know, and, and granted, he's done a, a lot since LeBron helped to put him on, but LeBron helped putting this guy, Rich Paul, on. Rich Paul has done a lot of work to make sure that he's on the same level or higher than a lot of agents out there. And what you're seeing now is because of that effect, the different guys and the clients that he has between LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these high-profile guys, you're seeing now college guys want to uh, have Rich Paul as their, as their agent. And so... Um, and so you could just tell that this rule is just like, okay, we're going to kind of shut him out. We're going to try to make sure he's excluded in a sense. It was something that's ridiculous because like you were saying earlier, Rob, you know, there's many people out there that don't have a college degree that are, are super sharp, that can handle things way better than people that got degrees out there. And so, you know, him having a degree that does really nothing to prove his worth as an agent or what he can truly do because he's shown that. So I thought it was just ridiculous from jump. I mean, I'm glad that it did get changed. I wish that, like, you know, Los was saying that the public backlash didn't, you know, it didn't have to change just based upon that. But I'm glad that, you know, they did decide that, okay, after we hearing all this and LeBron tweeting about us and all these people coming out against us, that, okay, yeah, maybe we do need to change this. Man, y'all, man, y'all dudes good, man. I ain't leave much for me to say, man. I agree with everything y'all said, bro. Pretty you much. Though, yeah, yeah. But uh you know, nah, I'm just joking with y'all, man. Y'all got good perspectives. But yeah, I mean, y'all said it. I mean, I ain't I ain't about to, you know, prolong. I mean, we, we know what this is, but what I will say is that the NCAA are very, very hypocritical. Here they are making oh, millions of dollars off these athletes without giving them any kickback besides a scholarship won't give them any any types of money okay everything was going good with the bold dollarship with the bold sponsorship dollars but then about what five years ago they decided okay let's make a playoff so where they found a way to make even more money to get the sponsorship money and then get on top of that the money from that that the the draw of the playoffs would bring so you and then add an extra game essentially, mm -hmm. so um, and then you, you don't even get me started on how much money that the NCAA basketball tournament brings and the and the College World Series brings. But that I don't think the College World Series is nowhere near the level of the NCAA basketball tournament or the the NCAA football. So you know it's just very hypocritical. Then you want to tell a guy just because he don't have a degree that, that okay that's how y'all feel about people who don't have a degree yeah. is that initially y'all felt that way y'all had to rescind it because the backlash y'all got but you don't it's like they don't want anybody besides themselves to get a piece of the pie so i mean it was a bad move on the ncaa it kind of gave i can't get kind of just confirmed what we thought about them initially yeah. but i mean it does i mean I'm, I'm glad they rescinded it but it just showed me a and, lot about and, it though. and one more thing even before we, i guess move on from this or whatever but what was annoying as well, to me, it's another level of control that you're trying to establish over these college athletes. Right. They already have too many things in, in place, some ridiculous things. And now you're telling me I can't even choose the agent that I want, mm -hmm. basically. Because if I would have wanted a Rich Paul, while this rule was in effect for five days mm -hmm. or six days, mm -hmm. if I would have wanted Rich Paul to represent me, I couldn't choose that guy. Like, mm -hmm. And then the thing is, I think you're going to see a lot of it. And I think Leandro Lamelo is going to be... He has the potential to be one of those guys. I know we've had failures with that in the past. Uh, well, who is it? Dante Exum, is it? Yeah, Dante Exum. He took that route. Um, well, he came overseas, and then, you know, uh, uh, your boy Emmanuel Moody, he, cousin. He, chill out. Oh, that was Carlos' favorite player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but we, we, what we're seeing guys like Lamelo, who's going to go overseas 
and play over there as opposed to college. So now once he go over there, he can come back and play in the NBA. So you're going to see a lot more guys. If, if LaMelo succeeds in doing it, which we haven't seen a successful player do it yet. Seen R.J. Hampton when he did it too. Well, he's doing it now. Yeah, he's doing it. We're going we gonna to see what, what the implications. But I think that, you know, the next five to seven years, we're going to see these players just like, like – and I think the credit goes to LeBron taking control. But uh, we're going to see a lot more guys trying to take control that way. So – it's going to be interesting to see, but I mean, I thought I had to bring that up because, you know, it's not much to talk about because they rescinded it. They better have rescinded it. Right. We're just going to light them up. Right. Gonna yeah, we're going to light them up. But anyway, so I was at work, man. <laughs> all the bad Wait. stuff. You know how this yeah. going to go. <laughs> bro, all the bad news always come when I'm at work, bro. Like, I think it's bad that I had the ESPN notifications and Bleacher Report notifications on my phone because it's, it's kind of like. It's like, bro, I'm just like, I be, I could be having the the, mo- the best day ever. And then on my phone, just blaring, DeMarcus Cousins tears his ACL. Right, right. So, but guys, don't worry because there's an eight-time All-Star. <laughs> <laughs> there's an eight-time All-Star who's currently an unrestricted free agent that is going to be the savior for the Lakers. What do y'all think about Dwight Howard, our interest in Dwight Howard, man? So I'll say this, Dwight Howard right now, he, he is with Memphis. He yeah. is uh he just going to he has to get bought out, but everything says he's going to get bought out by Memphis. I don't know what it is with Memphis holding players hostage. They still got Andre Iguodala that you know the Lakers have their eyes on. But I would love to get Dwight Howard. I might be in a few to do that, but if Dwight Howard can still defend um, and he can still rebound, he'll be a great addition to our team you know we don't need him to be the white howard oh we don't need him to do that and so he's recently came out you know and i don't want to steal nobody else thunder uh, if they was going to say this but he came out and said his ego was dead you know he's he has no ego anymore he's, he's saying all the right now. things i had to see it i mean and then and so he, he, he can't stay healthy either he can't but here's the thing we don't necessarily need him to be a 20 to 30 minute guy if he come in and give us a solid 15 minutes off the bench then that's okay because, again, we don't want AD playing the center. Anthony Davis playing the center position. That's a position that he doesn't like to play. And so if he can just – if that's less minutes with AD going against other fours and playing the four position, then I think he can do that. He can come in and give us that rebounds, those hustle plays and things like that because I think Dwight Howard is still a good player and can still perform in this league. Yeah, I think the way that you got to look at it, honestly, is you got to look at the availability of guys out there right now. And honestly, you got to get another big. You got big Kenneth Farid. Yeah. Because, he's, he's I mean, then y'all skipping all over JaVale. JaVale McGee is a very, very no, serviceable no, no. big we're, man. We're not skipping over JaVale, but JaVale is not going to be a guy that's going to give you 35 to 40 minutes. He just doesn't do that. Like, especially, yeah. too, even dealing with his even asthma situation, if you look at it from that perspective. He's a guy that's going to give you 20, maybe 25 minutes a night, so you got to get another big in the rotation. And so when you look at the availability, like Los was mentioning, the Dwight Howard, you got a Joe Kim Noah out there that's washed. You got a Kenneth Farid that's a you know a possibility out there. You got Nene out there, you know as well. I like Nene. So, so how do you rank those four guys? I mean, well, I'm at with it. I, I mean, the way I got it, I got a Kenneth Farid number one. I got uh, I got Nene number two. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> and then who else we got? You got White. Dwight Howard and Joe Kim Noah. I got 
Dwight Howard, then Joy King, Noah. But wow. what what where I'm at with it, this this how I feel about it, guys. The best ability is the, is availability. Dwight Howard has not proven to play even I don't know what his stats, but he can't. I know he's averaging at least only sixty games a a, a yeah, season, if less what, than that. Did he played like nine games last. He year? played nine games last year. He when he was with uh when he was with Washington, he didn't. I know he was hurt with with the Hawks. You know he's not healthy. I mean, if we sign him, it's like we signing another Boogie. And with all due respect for Boogie, I hope that he has a speedy recovery. But you know, torn ACL, torn. Then he uh. What he messed up his uh his his knee was it his knee no it was his calf wasn't it? Who are you talking about? Uh, cousins Boogie. Oh Boogie, you gotta say Achilles first. Achilles, Achilles that's what I said. Achilles, Achilles and then ACL. I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But Achilles. Achilles torn quad. Torn quad. Then you know ACL. ACL. So you know it's just like Boogie all again. I want somebody like a Nene who's who's proven that he's Mister Reliable. He he stays healthy. He may not dominate like he has in the past, but we just need a body in there, bro. Like we we don't. Nay Nay can make a three pointer. This is so funny, bro. You legitimately making this statement right now. Like I have never heard anybody like legitimately make a case and like try to talk of Nay Nay. As a big man, if you cannot make a jump shot in this league, you are worthless. There is not a single effective big man in this league that doesn't have a jump oh, shot so anymore. Oh, Nene pulling jumpers now? Nene can make a 15-footer. Did you see Dwight talking about he was working on his three-point game? Have you seen Dwight make the, When the last time you seen Dwight play, first of all? I mean, cricket. I, all right, <laughs> then. Man, we, we just need to – we're overselling what Boogie meant for us, too, as a team. Like, I think Boogie made us a great, great player. Don't get me wrong. No, listen to what I'm saying. Listen. No, let me let me finish. Let me finish. What I'm about to say is Boogie was one of those I, I'll say this. Boogie wasn't one of the factors to me. To me, there was like, okay, oh my gosh, that really pushes over the edge. Because he has been healthy. Bur- and he hasn't been no, effective. I'm, I'm taking you back to a couple of podcasts ago. Because once we finally settled this and finally settled who our squad was, you, Mr. Rob Snowden, was like, we might have a big three right there. You know, Bookie. Mike. Mike. You were selling it as to the point of us having a big three. And if, I was like, we still got But see what did I say? Contingency. Situation. The only contingency. If he was the boogie that he right. was prior to <laughs> prior to his uh, injury, then we would have a hey, big three. We, we're not about to undersell this thing with boogie. First of all, I think that we... I'm not underselling it. But everybody think, getting in panic mode. I and we, I feel like, I, I mean... I think that we've glossed over this too much, too. Like, let's let's give some time. So you panicking. I'm not panicking. No, I'm not. Panicking I still think that we are a championship team. No, I, and I still do believe that. I, I agree with you with that. My point is, all right, we kind of got into this segment and still just gloss over the fact of like this really impacted Boogie again. Like Boogie has had. I was thinking about injuries. Boogie. Yeah. He has torn yeah. his quad. Now you see a guy that had just tweeted about him. I think he said he had dropped like 29 pounds since the season had ended. And now he comes and tears his ACL. Like, you look over the course of two to three years, Boogie has lost a 150 Ooh, to $200 million. Yeah, we should have let off with that. You know, so I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact. I know that we are Lakers fans, and I know we're looking at that aspect, and I know we're bringing up Dwight Howard and Joe Kim Noah and all this kind of stuff, but I think we can't gloss, gloss over the fact of how this has impacted a guy like okay. Boogie has seen his career. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about his injury. How do y'all feel like this injury will 
affect his career? Because I feel like prior to injury, he was no doubt going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, do you think that he's done enough now to maybe be a Hall of Famer? Uh, do no. And do you think that he should retire? No, I don't think he should He's retire. only 29. He's only 29. Right. right. I don't think he should hang it up. Um, it's sad but because I don't think he'll ever play a game in a Lakers uniform. Um, and it just depends on what we decide to do next year. But I don't think he'll ever play a game in a Lakers uniform um, because of this injury. Um, but I think he hasn't done enough to be a Hall of Famer. Um, and sadly, I think this it, it's, it's devastating because he missed out on upwards of $200 million. You know, Before his injury, he was going to be a max player easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, and before this injury, you know, he was talked about as the best center in the league, you know, and it's just, it's, it's just sad to see that because again, you know, it probably stopped his hall of fame career, you know, where now he's going to be labeled as this injury prone guy. And then now it stopped where he's not getting his bag. Now he's not getting his bag. You know, he's not getting 200 million. He already took a discount to come with us this year, um, which puts the Lakers in a, a tough situation where they might eventually have to cut. Boogie Cousins, you know, because again, he's only on a one-year deal, but we need roster spots, you know, especially if Andre Iguodala becomes available, and we definitely need a backup center now, because McGee is only our true center on the Lakers team, so it's going to probably come to a situation where we eventually have to cut Boogie Cousins, hopefully with a wink, wink, nod, nod, that, hey, we're going to still work with you, you still can come and be around the team, Uh, you still kind of rehab with our trainers, things like that. So hopefully we can get to that point, but again, I think this changed, this changed, this changed everything for him, and it's sad. And, and I think it depends too. Before I get back to the boogie front, even with the Lakers, I know that there is an availability of an injury exception out there um, that could open up potentially another yeah. spot. So we'll see how that plays out on that front. Um, but with boogie, it's just kind of a sad situation to see. I'll answer your question about the Hall of Fame thing. Um, Right now, I would say no, but I got to see the way the rest of his career shapes shapes out because if we look at it over the course of the NBA, I don't have the exact number in my head, but I know it's roughly 19 to 20 guys that have averaged 20 and 10 for their career, and Boogie is among those guys. The rest of those guys, beside AD, who is active right now, the rest of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I was saying. he so kind of low-key had, yeah, there's potential. There's potential there, yeah. depending on the way the rest of his career shapes off. But it's kind of sad to see that it's another one of these guys that you see, you know, we, we saw Derrick Rose that was at the height of his career that was seeming like he was going to be a transcendent talent. Yeah, and, then and the same thing happened. Injuries. We saw Tracy McGrady that was an excellent player. Tracy McGrady at one point, yeah. him and Kobe, that was a legit debate at a, at a point yeah. in time. And you saw that. You saw Grant Hill, who was supposed to be one of the guys to carry the lead. Stephon um, Marbury. Yeah, Stephon. Yeah, I, I, I was like, to go to that. And then I was like, no. <laughs> nah, but seriously, yeah. uh, Stoudemire, Mark Stoudemire. Right, so it's like you see these different guys that just get derailed by injuries. And it's like, man, first, I, mean, I can't believe I just even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you good. good. I got you good. I was like, yeah, wait, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know. But, but you see these So, so Stephon Marbury, top two, not two? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, shout out to Stephon Marbury for the strawberries back in the day. I used right? to be rocking them fresh <laughs> joints, son. Huh? used to have all the swag with the Stephon Marbury's in high school. Bro, we going back to Boogie, bro. 
It is what I got to say about Boogie, man. I, I wish him a speedy recovery. I hope that he can be half of what he was. Um, it, you hate to see a great player like that, especially me as a fan of the game. I definitely think he's a top 10 player in the league uh, prior to injury. Uh, top 15 because of the injuries because he's been injured for like two years now. But but top 15 player in the league. You know, I like to see the best of the best play. And without Boogie there, you got a player that, that potentially prior to these injuries was one of the best big men in the game, if not the best big man. So I just wish the, be- the big fella uh, a speedy recovery. I do hope that the Lakers can't kind of figure it out, you know, because ACL tear is really common. You know, the only reason why this is dramatic to him in his situation is because of his prior injuries. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can bring him in on a cheap deal, you know, I doubt Boogie would he would have a leg to stand on the X for a max deal now. Uh, even Isaiah Thomas. That's kind of a weird phrase you said. What that, I said. That Boogie wouldn't have a leg. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, no, man. No, no, bro. No, no, but... Um, you know, it's just no pun intended, right? But real quick, speaking on that alone, the turn because Isaiah Thomas is is uh pretty much trying out for his max deal this year. So you think he getting it? No, <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> easy, man. bro. That's messed up, bro. Like Isaiah Thomas and Boogie, like they like Ramon. You always do the the thirty for thirty projections, bro. That that's gonna be a thirty for thirty, yeah, bro. Yeah. That just guys that could have got could have got max deals, but the injury bug just bit them. You yeah. know, Derrick Rose is well. Derrick Rose actually got max dollars before he got hey, hurt. Hey, bro, stop throwing them. You just told me the last time don't throw the thirty for thirties out there. We oh yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, we do, yeah keep it in keep the. I edit that out. I edit that out. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, so I just wish him a speedy recovery, and you know, I think that he'll hopefully come back stronger. But I think what Boogie is gonna be his where his mental is because when he talked about his uh, when he tore his Achilles, he was thinking about retiring. So we'll see, we'll see. So let's see what else is on the docket. Oh, college football, Ramon. That's your that's your expertise. Take it away. What's yeah, your what's your favorite I, matchup? Don't don't it get kicked off Thursday? Uh not so it gets kicked off on the uh the twenty fourth. Okay. Yeah, uh, Miami and uh Miami and uh Florida get Florida. Oh, that should be a good one. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Um it's interesting with Miami and having a new coaching staff. Obviously, they took over. Of course, Mark Rick, they parted ways there. Um, so, seeing how they transition. Uh, I actually have a cousin who listens to the pod regularly, uh, who's a big Miami fan, who probably thinks that they're going to uh, run through that game against Florida. They thought but, that last year when, the, when our LSU Tigers demolished we, we, we We had some trash talk that went back and forth with that, but he owned up to it and was like, okay, y'all were definitely the better team. Y'all handled that. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see where they go. Um, really, as a team offensively, um, the name is slipping my mind, but I think they grabbed Bama's offensive coordinator. I want to say that that's the case. Um, so seeing what they can do and getting like steady and stable quarterback play over there to me is the biggest thing to see for Miami. I think that the defense will be solid, like the defense is pretty much year in and year out. Uh, but Dan Mullen, you know, to me did a great job at his first year in Florida actually turning Felipe Franks, you know, into a serviceable yeah. college quarterback. Yeah. That that was like a huge thing right there. So um, I think that it's going to be a tough situation. I know that Florida has recently been losing some players, um, actually some players that were in this past recruiting class or whatever. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting from that dynamic. But should be an interesting game. That's big bragging rights in the state of Florida. Uh, because when you talk about the University of Florida, Miami, and Florida State for years, those were the big three powerhouses out there in Florida, and that's where they were always competing for the top recruits out there. So this is a big 
bragging rights thing to me, you know, to get the season kicked off. And then when we flow from there and the next weekend is where, you know, all the teams will be uh, showing out and so forth and looking for a big year uh, in college football. It should be a very interesting season. Uh, so what is uh, we're going to go around the table. I started off Heisman favorites for this year. Um, I'm going to I'm going to go out on the limb. And I'm going to take my best educated guess, and I'm going to guess that Trevor Lawrence is going to be your Heisman winner this year. What about you, Los? I'm going to go with the Bama QB, man. I think he's coming back strong. Tua? Um, Tua. Tua. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tua uh, to go and go ahead and grab it. So we've seen He the definitely got up. the best wide receiving core in the nation. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So um, they, I think they, I think they take that next step. It seems like. Clemson and Alabama is going back and forth, you know, with championships. But I think this year, uh, Tua uh, takes it to the next level and ultimately be, like, the first pick next year. Yeah, I, I agree with Lois as far as Heisman winner. I'm going to go with Tua as well. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I mean. Yeah, man, I'm going to get y'all. Y'all ain't no LSU fans <laughs> yeah, nah, like nah, I thought, right. man. Nah, two, two things with Tua, man. Tua came up just short of the Heisman last year. Uh, so that's something that's kind of a chip on his shoulder because about – Eight to nine games through the season, it would seem like it was definitely two as a war, probably even ten games through. Um, and Kyler was already having a heck of a season, but I think like right at the end, Tua kind of tailed off a little bit, and Kyler came and got the award. But also, too, you, you follow that up with what the embarrassment that was at the national championship. I think that Tua just has a lot of a chip on his shoulder. I think that Bama team has a big chip on their shoulder. And so I think that's what will lead to Tua getting it. But, you know, we can't overlook Jalen Hurts. I mean, you got to look at Oklahoma having the two-pass trophy winners. And so you see Jalen Hurts head over there to Oklahoma, who should he should be positioned to be the starter there. So, so you, you think what, what kind of year are you thinking Jalen Hurts having this year? Um, I, I see a, a, a big year from Jalen Hurts, honestly. I don't know. I don't put him along the lines of Baker Mayfield and um, Kyler because I don't think that he's developed quite to their level as far as passing wise. But athletic, but athleticism, athleticism wise, athleticism he got wise, Baker beat and he got uh, uh yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't him say and Kyler about what, 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 yeah. what I will say about him passing wise was him last year sitting behind Tua. He developed a lot, especially from that competition of being with Tua. He did a lot in his first year or two off of athleticism. But when you have a guy in Tua that some people even view Tua potentially as a transcendent talent. I don't know. I'm still on the fence on that. I think but, Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah, but when you have – I do agree with that with Trevor Lawrence as well. But when you have a guy like that in Tua, first of all, that's a guy that you're competing with day in and day out that's making you better because you're competing with him. But you can also learn some things as well. And now you bring him over there into that system – um, with Lincoln Riley and the way that Lincoln Riley can develop quarterbacks, yes, I think that uh, yes, that we'll see a big year from Jalen Hurts. Well, you can't discount. It. I mean, he may have lost his job to Tua, but I mean, you got to think in that national championship game year before last, he saved Bama's butt. You know, so you know, and of course, Tua did saved his butt the yeah. year before. But I mean, Jalen Hurts is very serviceable. I think that you got a vet there, and like you say, you, you can never discount. Count Lincoln Riley and his development of QBs, and then that in that pass-friendly Oklahoma offense, his the defenses he faced aren't going to be like SEC defenses. Yeah, so, right. you know, he's he's in a conference in the Big Twelve where they pride themselves in in pinball pin scores yeah. on that, and defense is not a not an issue. So, I mean, I, I think Jalen Hurts is set to have a great statistic year. When he when I heard he was transferring, I thought that that was a great idea by him. So. 
So, but we'll see, man. Yeah, so I guess just one quick thing, and we can go kind of around. Either you can do this two ways. Either give kind of who you view as, as your top five teams out there, or you can cut it down to four and say, this is who I'm looking at. We're talking um, about college, huh? Playoff, yeah. College. college football. So, you know, I don't know. I guess I can get us started off with kind of my view of the landscape going into the season, um, and then we can go from there. But at number one, I would have personally uh, – Gosh, I hate to say this is LSU. Can. We're doing top four or top five? We can do top four. Five. Huh? Four? Which which you want to do, Lowe's? Four or five? Four, four would be good. All right, we'll go four. Uh, I'll go number one with Bama. Hold on. Again, are we doing, like, predictions of who's going to be in the playoffs? Let's, 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 do, that. let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. Let's do a prediction yeah. of the playoffs. So, uh, so, I guess you don't have to say it in a particular order. Or you can say it in the order. But in the in my playoff at the end of the, the year, I have Alabama sitting there, I have Clemson sitting there, mm. I have LSU sitting there, <laughs> and I have uh, Oklahoma finding their way in there again. Okay, that would be my four teams right there. Where you at with it, Los? Where you at with it? Where you at? I, I got I got I'm a, I gotta pay respects to the champs. So I got Clemson one. I got um, I got LSU two. You know, and I got Ohio State three, and I got Alabama hitting a hiccup this year and not not following up with the hype. You know, taking a couple L's, but ultimately slipping into the playoffs at four. All right, I got a uh, okay. So I got Clemson, then I got Bama, of course. I got a, I'm a slight LSU, and I just I guess yeah, that's my bias. Legit, yeah, they are gonna be, gonna be legit. I don't think people realize that. But for my fourth team, I got Ohio State. They got they got they got fields on the center, and Ohio State got athletes over there. Ohio State's gonna surprise yeah. a lot of people this yeah, year. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm just interested to see the transition from Urban Meyer over there and seeing how. Um, but Urban Meyer is a special counsel over there. Like he still works for the school, so you think he's not gonna be behind the scenes? He had to retire. He didn't want to retire. He had to because of the controversy. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But go to ultimately, man. Go Tigers. Go Tigers, man. man. Go Tigers. Man. We Joe gonna... Burrow about to light up the scene. All right. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Bro, you about to go? <laughs> Where you going ahead with the LSU bias? All right. So that does it, man. Thank you for listening. Give us a listen. We appreciate all the support we've been getting. It's finally starting. Uh, we starting to gain some traction and momentum. Make sure that you tell a friend about us. That the opinionated bench warmers is a great podcast. You know. If something is good, it'll be wrong for you to keep it to yourself. <laughs> so make sure that you share it with a friend. Uh, they can find us on all our platforms. Shout out to iHeartRadio, Himalaya, and what's the other one? Remember? Listen Notes. Listen Notes for picking us up. So you can find us on there as well as uh, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. So make sure that you check us out. Subscribe. Leave a review. If you're enjoying it, leave a review. That helps us out. So leave a review. Uh, follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. And until the next time, we out of here. We out of here. Appreciate all y'all. Later. Our new listeners too. Appreciate it. L- new listeners and old listeners and yeah. first time listeners who will never listen to us again. <laughs> <laughs> all right.